to Cannon Fodder, the supplementary show to the 20-sided podcast all about world building and lore. This is an exercise in collaboration, improvisation, and storytelling where we build a world one piece at a time. And each week, our guest will determine which piece we'll be building by spinning the wheel of world building. Who knows what we will be talking about this week? Last week, we dove headfirst into the Dreg Empire. And we came up with some pretty wild, dark, and honestly fairly fucked up stuff. Uh, But this week, who knows, we could just as easily be talking about fairy tales or kids' toys. There is just no way to know until we consult the all-powerful wheel. And remember, whatever we come up with, no matter how crazy or absurd, will become canon within the Fractured Realms and within the 20-sided podcast itself. We have the fate of the world in our hands. But no pressure. It's going to be fun. Uh, I'm very pleased to introduce today's guest. She is the very definition of multi-hyphenate, a director, producer, writer, comedian. She was a writer for the History Channel Digital Series' History by the Decade and History Countdown. She's helmed commercials and comedy productions for TV and in the digital space. And she's the host of You Gotta Have a Podcast, an interview show where she is joined by fellow comedians and creators to chat, rant, and lament the ups, downs, twists, and turns of creative careers. After you listen to her today, I am sure you'll be frantically typing her name into the search bar. So I think it's finally time I told you that name. Today's guest is none other than the incredibly talented Angela Palladino. Welcome to the show. Hello. Thanks, Brian. What a what a great welcome. <laughs> I you gotta have a great welcome. It's it's fun to just I can do my flappy hand intro. It gets me it gets me hyped up. Everybody has a listeners. Good time. You should see how flappy the hands are. They're so it's flappy. Truly. They're so flappy. I should really <laughs> I should really because I have all the Zoom video recordings. I never use them, but I should just do a supercut of me doing <laughs> flappy hands what? and just post that. You're like the SpongeBob noodle arms meme. You mean the wacky waving inflatable arm flailing tube man? Oh yeah, that too. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> let's let's jump right in. Uh, I know we talked just a little bit before this. You've played D and D one time, exactly once. And how I was did that enjoy experience? It. I had a good experience, but not good enough to carve out time in my schedule to play. It, it the the biggest difficulty, uh, the biggest hurdle of D anD D is not the fun and creativity. It is purely the coordination of schedules. Yeah, seriously, it was um my friend Stephen Kelly, who you may know, he mm-hmm. uh, loves D anD D, and for one year for his birthday, he had a D anD D party where he like invited all of his friends and then and recruited like five different DMs and ran like everyone oh, wow. was at a game of like tables of six or something like that. And it was, it was really fun. That yeah. is what I'm doing for my next birthday. That's just what it is. <laughs> I didn't, I'd never thought about that as an option, but that's what's happening. It's just force your friends to play D and D, even the ones who don't care about D and D, they'll do it for your birthday. That's true. It is fun. <laughs> So, so maybe actually real quick, just on that game, do you remember mm-hmm. what, what character you played? Uh, I remember some of what happened. I don't really remember. I think I was a paladin because my sure. last name is, is Paladino. Paladino. So I Classic. was like, I'm going to, I think I picked that. Um, but it, this was truly three or four years ago. So I, I don't remember my exact character, but I do remember that at the very end, I made like a big kill. That was like pretty important to saving everyone else. You love Um, the killing blow. Yeah, I do like to kill. Yes. (laughs) Um, 
outside of D&D, are you a particularly big like fantasy or sci-fi fan? Is there any like franchises or, you know, bits of media that have become like cornerstones of you? I do like I do like fantasy and sci-fi, but I will say I am not huge on the big franchises. Okay. Um I cuz I don't know. I I have a lot of unpopular opinions about <laughs> certain we like love hot takes franchises but um but like i like star wars i really like star wars i'm not a huge like i couldn't tell you every single thing about it but i right. enjoy it i really like so, some of the smaller sci-fi like series mm-hmm. like i was a massive fan of orphan black oh orphan black is great is, like, sci-fi thriller weird like it's not yeah, like yeah, yeah. aliens but body horror i guess and and yeah, like I, I'm really into uh, I'm really into like occult sort of stuff. So I like anything with witches oh, okay. or ghosts or spirits, that sort of thing. And like the occasional Marvel thing, although I don't like the Avengers, I will say that. You know, that's fair. But I, I like WandaVision. That was good. <laughs> WandaVision was so I, I don't know how you know, I had a conversation recently where people where we were ranking like the Marvel TV shows. I've seen most, not all, or I've at least attempted some of them. And yeah. that you put anything above WandaVision is crazy to me. WandaVision was so good the yeah. whole way through. And here's the thing. I say I don't like the Avengers, but I do like WandaVision and I understand that she's an Avenger. So, you know, it's muddled. Yeah. There's shades <laughs> of gray and that's fine. You know, yeah, that's what being human in this world is. Exactly. Let's go ahead and check out the wheel of world building. You see there's a whole bunch of little tiny slices on that wheel. Some of them are hard to read. Yes. Are there any ones that are jumping out at you as being interesting or like even if it's just like a weird word, you're like, ooh, what is that? Or an idea that you'd be interested in talking about. Or also, is there something that you see and you're like, oh, God, please don't let me spin that. I got to tell you one thing. I don't understand what a lot of this means. That's um, fair. A lot of these are just I do understand things like names. sports and celebrities. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but when I see Drag Empire, I don't quite know. So that will be, you know, a whole new world for me. Maybe it will be fun to just fuck around and find out in a category that I don't know. Well, honestly, we've had we've had a lot of those where a lot of these are like names. I'll give you the, the barest bones of details. And it's just kind of like, what do you think that means? Uh, yeah. It's been fun. Cool. Ooh, I, I'm interested in the faceless one. Oh, I guess I didn't mention before. I was a, I'm a huge Game of Thrones fan. Ooh, okay. Okay. This yeah. is so like Speaking Orphan Black, faceless. those like those small, uh, like yeah. kind of niche sci-fis, and then also the the Game of Thrones, the true Thrones. like high fantasy, high lethality yeah. games. Done the books. I've seen the show like six times through, I think. I watched it twice through in quarantine. Oh, in wow. addition to having watched including, it. Including so. including the last season? Yeah, you know what? It's it's fine. They just should have made the finale four episodes earlier. You know, that's fine. Yeah. That's fair. <laughs> okay. Well, you know what? I think it's time to spin the Wheel of World Building. <laughs> Woo! All right. Go ahead and click that wheel. Okay, click. Okay. Okay, we got Mythic Treasures. Mythic Treasures. Okay, okay, this is going to be fun. There's This is a big, broad world, because this is one of those categories I have really no like initial guidance that I necessarily need to give you. Mm-hmm. I just want to develop a one or two truly like iconic, mythical 
items or treasures. So I'm thinking like, you know, Holy Grail, Ark of the Covenant, okay. Lost Library of Alexandria, that like that type of thing. These truly yeah. like things that are so big and grandiose, they've become legends, may or may not exist, have crazy powers that may or may not be real. Mm-hmm. Let me give you just a little like quick download on the world. The world has like three major continents kind of built out into to kind of represent elements. So there's Azori, which is very mountainous, has to do with kind of like the sky and air. There's like some un- untethered cities that float above it. Um, there's mm-hmm. Seruya, which is like a flooded Mediterranean Venetian continent, lots of canals and waterways. And there mm-hmm. is Veradun, which is a like thickly wooded area with a large desert kind of like on the outskirts of the continent. And these are like the three main continents. Originally one giant landmass, it was broken up when like these three massive titans came in, sundered the land, and each like kind of took a part of the world for themselves and had this long war. But that's kind of, I think, all we necessarily need to know to start. What kind of mythic, historic, crazy treasure are you interested in building? At first, my first thought was like Goonies... One-Eyed Willie's treasure, like, hidden in a cove. Okay. But I think that's not, I think, like, as soon as we landed on, like, Mythic Treasure, that's where my brain went, like, a friggin' cave filled with riches. But I want to get a little bit more complex than that. Now that I'm hearing about these three different continents, I think we're looking at a Legends of the Hidden Temple monkey statue sort of situation. Okay, sure. Where we're going to need three pieces of something and if you bring them together and they're each on each continent and if you bring them together it creates the actual treasure love a good dragon ball quest (laughs) (laughs) and also like my immediate thought of you know three treasures especially when they're like you know indiana jones legends of the hidden temple is Mm -hmm. this game's called dungeons and dragons are we gonna go into a dungeon to find these guys yeah or are we going to go inside of a dragon we don't know that's true (laughs) honestly yes to both so so my thought would be like three that are treasures in their own right but when combined and when put in the same place maybe they all like interlock like puzzle pieces of some kind then it's like the ultimate treasure do you think that that they form a a like is this final object like a weapon or a item that is useful or does it does putting the three together form like a key which unlocks something is it a is the completion of this item like the completion of a quest in that something happens or you now have something that is of extreme power? I think you now have something that is of extreme power, like game changer level power. Okay. Like world domination level power. So let me give you a little bit more uh, history of the world. And I think this might help okay. kind of guide what you think you want to do. Okay. So uh, originally this world was much like ours. It was a mundane world bereft of magic. The current year is 1025 at like the year zero, the beginning of this era, three Titans like literally ripped through like time, space, whatever, came Mm -hmm. through this rift and began like having a war amongst themselves in this land, leaving behind this kind of tear in reality. And through that magic seeped through and it kind of became a, you know, high fantasy magical world. Mm -hmm. After some time of these Titans like fighting and just destroying things, you know, really leaving everything in their waste. Um, nine heroes kind of like rose up, um, defeated the Titans by sealing them away and then, um, themselves ascended to godhood. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm thinking that these three items are likely weapons or items of the gods. Cause each of these gods had like a iconic item, like weapon sword type shield or something. Mm-hmm. That's where I first go, but it's not necessarily where we have to go. Yeah. That makes sense to me. I think, I think, uh, so there's nine, so there's nine gods, mm-hmm. um, nine heroes who are now gods, and we have three items. So I'm thinking that maybe this might be too intense. <laughs> nine divided by three. Each of the maybe each of the three things you need to like have certain. Each of the three things are affiliated with three gods, and like maybe they're related. Sure. To, so, does that make sense? So, uh, and I'll explain something kind of in about D and D in general about some of these games. There mm-hmm. is what's called um, this is kind of an old D and D thing. It's kind of fallen away a little bit. Uh, called the alignment chart, and you've probably mm-hmm. seen this as like memes where it's like nine yeah. people, you know, chaotic, neutral, all that. Yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, I know what that is. Yeah. Um, so it's it's a three by three grid. You know, good, neutral, evil, mm-hmm. lawful, neutral, chaotic, and the the gods kind of fall into those categories. Mm-hmm. Um, so it makes okay. so it makes sense to have them kind of paired up in a way of either all the good gods kind of are together or all the lawful gods are together, something like that. Yeah, I think that I think that actually makes sense. So, yeah, I would say like maybe that there's a uh, chaotic token, mm-hmm. a neutral token. And uh, what's the third uh, one? A lawful token. Lawful token. Okay. And so, like, the gods that are affiliated with, like, chaotic will be associated with that one, and then so on and so forth. And then when you combine the three, it creates the ultimate power weapon. Okay. Let's, I'm trying to think if we should start small or start big. I say let's start small. Let's start with each of the tokens, and then mm-hmm. rather than, like, start with what the mega thing is, let's start with each of the things and see if we can, like, organically find what the ultimate, you know, form of this thing okay. is. Okay, yeah. Um, so where do you want to start? you want to start lawful, neutral, or chaotic? Let's start with lawful, yeah. Lawful, okay. Yeah. So first, let's place what continent this thing would be found on. Do you think it would be found on Azore, kind of continent of the air, Ceruia, the continent of, like, water and waterways, or Veridun, which is, you know, forests and deserts? Um, I think it would be... Uh with the air. Yeah. Okay, so on the continent of Zori. Yeah. What do you think this item would be? Not necessarily what it would do, but what would mm-hmm. the item physically be? Like would it be a sword, would it be a pen, would it be a comb, you know? What what, what kind of item would people be searching for? I think that hmm, let me see here. Let me think about this. This is interesting. Right. I think you know what? I think it should be a shell. A shell, a shell okay. on the air continent because they have ground, right? They're, there's of course, like, yeah. and it's. I'm assuming the continents are at least surrounded. Are they surrounded by water? Yeah, they're like there's making that. There's yeah. oceans in between. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. so yeah, but it doesn't mean it'll necessarily be near the water. It'll be somewhere on the continent. But I think it's a shell, like uh, one of those like perfect like half shell. You know what I mean? Like so, not so like, like a, a conch shell, like right, a right. flat. You're one. talking like a like a clam shell. Yeah, like a clam shell. Yeah. Okay. Do you think it's do you think it's half the shell or do you think it's the whole shit, like the whole clam, essentially? I think it's half. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Okay. So mm-hmm. we have a we have this this half clam shell. 
because I'm also thinking of like the genesis of this item before we even know mm-hmm. necessarily what its power is. Was it originally made? Was it originally like just a regular clamshell, which was imbued with some kind of magic or some kind of higher purpose? Or mm-hmm. is it made of some other type of like, is it made of diamond or is it truly a shell that has been mm-hmm. elevated through magic? I think it's a it's a real shell that has been elevated through magic because um, I want it to be not easy to spot. Okay. I want it to blend in. <laughs> How then is it spotted? Like, what is the telltale sign? Because I, what I'm thinking of is the Indiana Jones movie where they're doing the what's the the goblet? Jesus uh, is cut. What's it called? The, oh, um, <laughs> I know. The, the oh my god! Why am I freaking forgetting? <laughs> The uh, the the cup oh Ark my. of the Covenant. No, no. the Ark is the yeah. other thing. The, the Holy Grail. The Holy Grail. The Holy Grail. Jesus Christ. Oh my God! I can't believe you forgot that. I've got to keep that in because that's <laughs> oh man, it's a nightmare. That was a but true then, brain fart moment. We both were Holy, like, uh. <laughs> the Holy Grail. Truly, like, wow. Okay, but but I'm thinking the Holy Grail scene in Indiana Jones, where like mm-hmm. you know the historical expert picks up like this grand cup and it's like this is the Holy Grail, and then drinks from it and dies. And Indy mm-hmm. picks up you know the regular cup and it's like this is the Holy Grail because this is what a carpenter would have. Uh, yeah. Spoilers for Indiana Jones. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, but what does set it apart visibly? Or I mean, maybe is it nothing? Do you need some kind of like magic to find it? Here's the thing. It is set apart physically, mm-hmm. but not visibly. So physically okay. from if you were like just looking at it, even a foot away, it would look like a regular shell. But if you were to pick it up, the edges and the material would are, are so sharp as almost as if they were sharpened. OK, that you that like someone who didn't know exactly what they were looking for and, and how to handle it would immediately like drop it and be like, oh, I don't want to touch that. And like, so it's been left alone by anyone who's not specifically oh, out to okay. find it. Uh, so, so that way, like if you're, if you're specifically out to find it and you know that it has this shell and the, the sharp edges, you'll pick it up in a certain way that will like allow you to carry it. But otherwise, it'll poke you. Otherwise, you just don't <laughs> even know. Yeah, it'll okay. like slice up your hands like razor blades. Okay, very cool, very cool. Mm-hmm. So I think now we're kind of getting into what does this shell do just on its own? Mm-hmm. Does it act as a, a like a weapon? Does it act as a some kind of defensive element? Is it a like arcane focus for magic spells to kind of be cast through? Mm-hmm. Um, or does it somehow amplify something in a person or, you know, detract from something in an enemy? In on its own? It is a weapon uh, when connected with the rest of the other three. It, be, it then that's when it's like true magical power comes out other than like the sharpness. But on its own, it is a weapon much like a throwing star. And, uh, and, it, okay. can, and it will if you if you are um, the one who has the knowledge and like the expertise and the want to find it and you're able to pick it up versus like, like sword in the stone, like most people can't even pick it up. Mm-hmm. But if you're the one that's able to pick it up, then you could use it as almost like a boomerang throwing store star. Like you can throw it and it'll slice people up and then it'll always come back to you. Hell yeah. Uh, <laughs> it, so I'm just thinking this fucking show. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm also thinking of it like going like underwater too, doing the same thing underwater. Yeah. 
air, water, it can do, and it can cut through like forests and trees. Like it won't like, if you throw it through a forest, it'll like just slice through the branches and keep, like, it'll right. get just, to what you're aiming at. Yeah. It's so sharp. <laughs> I want to add in one more like minor magical element to this thing where okay. it is, it is a great ranged weapon. You can throw it like very far. I'm sure there's like some cool mechanical things, but it's like, you know, a plus two thrown weapon type thing. It does mm-hmm. cool damage. What is a, I want to add on like a bonus mm-hmm. magical element to it that, that is a bit more non-combat based. So, I mean, it could be right. like whenever you, whoever has this in their possession, their hair turns red or right. they, you know, speak with a different accent or something. Okay. Interesting. I want to give it, not, not really a curse because this is like a lawful element. Right. Or maybe, I mean, that, that maybe that's something to consider. It's a lawful item. So maybe yeah. there is like almost a set of rules or a code that must be followed for this thing to function properly. Yeah. I'm thinking, um, it can only have that, uh, power of like being the ultimate weapon, uh, when you are truly defending yourself, you can't use it to hurt someone that just cause you want to like take something from like, they have to be attacking you and you have to be defending yourself. Like it can only be used in defense and it can only be used for like for good. Right. Like you can't just like you can't just like find it and and then like start using it. Does that make sense? It does. And and I want to like I'm thinking of it in a mechanical sense that this is an item that you can never use. Like you must be attacked first before you can even use it. Yes. But I don't want to limit it to it has to be for good only because this is a lawful item. It's not necessarily a good item. There are like there's it is, is with the lawful evil and the lawful neutral and the lawful good. Right, right, right. So, it definitely so yes, you has can only use it in defense mm-hmm. and and it allows you it also gives the holder not necessarily psychic powers, but like I guess like a little bit of a spidey sense to give them a heads up to know when they're about to be attacked so that they can plan accordingly. Very cool. Yeah, from a yeah. from a um like rules mechanic, this would be like you have the alert feature, like you can't be surprised yeah. while you have this thing. Exactly. Yeah, that's very cool. And, and I'm almost thinking this between the three gods where I'm thinking like lawful good is you can only defend yourself with it. Lawful neutral mm-hmm. is like you can't be surprised. Like it's always a fair fight. And mm-hmm. lawful evil is the like the sharpness aspect and the like the mm-hmm. the kind of like getting hurt from it aspect. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. So I think we have a decent design of what this thing is. What is it called? Oh. This is always the what toughest part. What is it part. called? Hmm. It also doesn't, it doesn't have to be necessarily like, it could be a high fancy name, like, you know, Elderon, the whatever. Mm-hmm. There is a thing that I particularly like, and you can use this or not, but it's a thing I, I found that I think is cool. There was a, I, I want to say this was like medieval times where if you named a sword, you would give it two names. So it would mm-hmm. be like Elderon the Blessed uh, yeah. or, or the Blessed Blade. And only the owner of it would call the sword by its name, like say Elderon. Anyone else who referred to the item would call it the Blessed Blade. And like to be an enemy calling an item by its name, by its like true name, was seen to be like bad luck. So if I was fighting you, I wouldn't say I sparred against Elderon. I would say I sparred against the Blessed Blade. Which I I've see. always thought was a very cool That's thing, cool. Right? It, it th- is fun. Yeah, that's really cool. I think um Okay. All right. I have. I'm going to go with that because I like 
I like that. I also like medieval stuff. So I think I like to incorporate that in the whole piece here, the whole three-parter. So I would say, okay, I'm going to call it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to fuck around. <laughs> I can do it. <laughs> we, I'm we, going to call it Melissa. <laughs> love it. <laughs> <laughs> Melissa. But, <laughs> but then <laughs> I'm going to call it the, uh, the malignant mole, mo- mule. Like, oh God, mule? what's, okay. I don't know how to pronounce this word, but you know how like in French, I should look this up in French. Muscles are called like moles, I think. So I, I want to call it that. Malignant mole or mule yeah. mole. Whoever speaks mule? French will correct us. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I should Google this. Mule, I, r- yeah, right here, Melissa. I'm just going to, I'm going to type in like the translate thing and I'm going to add in the audio of the robot. Okay, woman going, great. Mule? <laughs> mule. Melissa. <laughs> Melissa the malignant mule. mule. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. We have kind of our first one of, of the continent of Zori. I'm actually, I'm just thinking of this now. And, and, and you can choose either way. Do you want to do both of the remaining items or would you like to leave one a mystery and only do one more? I will leave, I will leave one a mystery and I'll do one more. But, well, I don't know. I could do both of the remaining. I, okay, I think I'd like to. Yeah. I was going to be generous to a, a, future, uh, a future guest, but I think... <laughs> We can go quicker through them. I no, 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 no. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not rushing at all anyway. I was just thinking, like, do you want this thing to be fully understood by people or do you want there to be a additional? Oh. Like, like, basically, like, we've we've created a very concrete yeah. thing for this one. I'm almost thinking, like, one of these three should be maybe a little less concrete and more okay, built yes. into, like, like and it's I faded think it into should legend. Be, yes, yes. Okay, let's do that. Let's keep one a little bit more vague. Mm-hmm. and And I think that should be the middle one. The neutral one. The neutral one that connects them. Do you want to go to that one next? Do you want to go to to the realm of chaos next? Let's do the neutral one next, just so we we can get like a light touch of what it is. Mm-hmm. And then we'll go to chaos. We'll end on chaos. Okay, so looking at, at neutral, we have the two continents remaining are Veridun, mm-hmm. which is forest and desert, and Saruya, which is water, waterways, uh, flooding marshes type thing. Yeah, I think we should do Veridun because it's already a little bit balanced mm-hmm. um, because it has the desert and the forest. So I think Veridun. Hell yeah. Is there. Uh, yeah. And, and there is a, a good aspect of this kind of being lost because this was originally a fully forested continent. When one of the Titans came here, they each of the Titans like desecrated the lands to make it more inhabitable for them and less inhabitable for their mm-hmm. competitive Titans. So the mm-hmm. desecration that was committed to Veridun was creating this uh, like ring of desert around the coasts, which mm-hmm. like desiccated land. So if there is an item that gets like lost, there's a good aspect of like something being lost in that. Yeah. Yeah. Great. So what what is known about this token, this item of the the neutral alignment of gods? So what we know is that both the lawful and chaotic items fit physically to it like Mm -hmm. a puzzle piece. Like there's like exact outlines of what each of the items are that when you like connect it in, it'll like lock in and complete like one total thing. Sure. Mm -hmm. 
And we know that it is, we know that it is not a naturally occurring thing. We know that it was man-made or Titan-made okay. or God-made sure. um, to combine them, to combine the the two. So this neutral item was like forged specifically for this purpose. Okay. So it's not going to be like a rock or like a shell or something like that. Right. It will be a stick or a, you know, glass thing or like a yeah. stone doodad. I'm just making up words. Yeah. It'll be something like not naturally occurring. What? I, I think what I, what I want to do is this. If we want to keep it a little bit vague, I think mm-hmm. a name is something we should definitely have. But the other thing we should have is maybe one or two rumors of what this thing can do. Mm-hmm. on its own and what this thing looks like. Now these rumors can be mm-hmm. true or, you know, corrupted over time. Mm-hmm. But what are some rumors about this thing? So let's start with what it, the rumors about what it looks like. So people have been saying that it's made completely of diamonds and okay. that the shining of the diamonds is so bright that like you, you can, you can't even look at it directly. You have to avert your eyes or look at it through like a reflection in a puddle or something. So very That's much what people are saying. type thing. Yeah. Like you can't like avert your eyes, but I don't know. Some people are also saying that that's stupid and that it, maybe it's made of like, you know, pure steel, like the strongest kind of steel, because you know, how could it be so strong? And if it's made of diamonds, but also everyone knows that diamonds are very strong. So mm-hmm. I don't know what to believe. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. And then what is the name of this neutral kind of conjoining item or token? The name of this item, mm-hmm. this item is, is not like Melissa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this item is named it's got it's got a very intense name or the other two, I think, are a little bit more chill. This item is named the Corncubound. Corncubound. Corncubound? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. This is the Corncubound. Mm-hmm. And I think scholars have been arguing over what that name means for nearly a millennia now. They really have. I do think that the bound part is about how it ties the two lawful and chaotic items together. Mm -hmm. And then I think the cork part is like a conch related to the shell. Okay. And the cube. Sure, sure. The cube part, it relates to the chaotic item. So, Which we will move on to now. Okay, great. <laughs> Moving on to the, the chaotic column of the table. Yeah. The, the chaotic gods in this world are, so we're landing in Saruya, which is the, the flooded continent. Mm-hmm. The three chaotic gods are Mitska the Generous, chaotic good god of like generosity, joy, bounty, mm-hmm. both the foolish, who is chaotic neutral god of like excess, indecision, folly, and Vizkind the Rotting, who is the chaotic evil god of necromancy and undeath. Yes. <laughs> what do you think those three, those three types of gods and, you know, at one point mortals would create together? You know what? I'm going to, before I actually tell you what it physically is, I'm going to tell you what it does. Okay. Does that work? Yeah, sure. So we are, we are bringing people back from the dead here. And as we know, it's never good. <laughs> you think it's going to be. <laughs> You think it's going to be, you know, oh, I want to bring my dad back from the dead. He's going to be, you know, I just wish he was around again. And then guess what? He's corrupted. So I think 
what it does is you can bring pe- people back from the dead, but the problem is for you, if you want to bring one person back from the dead, you can't do that. You have to bring, if you want to bring like one of your allies back from the dead, you also have to bring five of your enemies back from the dead. It like automatically does that. Oh, interesting. Okay. So that's like the, it's like the uh, too much. It's like, too, you know, you're getting too much of what you asked for. Sure. It's like the, the um, gluttony aspect. Uh, it's the necromancy aspect and it's the foolish aspect because why would you risk having five people trying to kill you just to get one person back? So what I want to, because I've got to also reconcile this a little bit with D&D mechanics in that mm-hmm. it is a like fairly decently common thing to bring people back from the dead mm-hmm. who have like died recently or even have died some time ago, but it is costly. Like it costs you, you know, mm-hmm. large amounts of like diamonds or gold or things. It costs you spells. So I got to think that this item allows you to like bypass that. Like it's, this thing does it for free essentially. Mm-hmm. But yes. there is this curse aspect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you can you can do it. You can bring people back from the dead. But then there's now five people that and they all show up right where you are. So like immediately before you explain that you brought them back from the dead, right. these people are trying to kill you along with the person you just brought back from the dead. So there is the possibility that. You and the person you just brought back from the dead will both immediately be killed by the five people who you also brought back from the dead. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> so I'm thinking, I'm thinking like, you know, you're able to resurrect an ally or a person you want to. These additional souls, because one of the, one of the aspects of resurrection in D&D is you can bring someone back to life assuming the soul is available and willing mm-hmm. and hasn't been separated from the body for too long. Yeah, in mm-hmm. general, until you get to much higher levels. So what I'm thinking this item does, it, like from a mechanical perspective, is it allows you to revivify or revive an ally, but at the same time, it rips additional souls that are not necessarily willing mm-hmm. back into bodies. Exactly. Either, either to become like zombies or like, you know, physical forms. And I would say even like they take up the nearest body like it's not even like maybe even the correct soul and the correct body there's like this kind of insanity that happens there or they come back as like a specter aspect where the soul is just ripped back to the mortal plane and that's why they are angry because they these are not souls that are interested in coming back uh but they have been physically like pulled back they're ripped up and yeah i I, it does they do go into whatever the nearest body is Mm -hmm. so at the same time you are then if, if you have if you bring back the person who you want to bring back and their body isn't nearby, they're going to pop into a random body. And also the peop- the five that you brought back that don't necessarily want to come back, that are your enemies, are they going to populate bodies that are nearby? And so then if you want to kill those souls, you have to kill the physical body of someone else who's like completely a bystander. Wait, say that. Oh, oh, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is getting complex. But <laughs> it is getting complex. <laughs> but there is definitely a, like, chaotic element to it. It's almost like, why would you ever want to do this? <laughs> well, one of my, one of my <laughs> thoughts on this, to, to simplify it maybe, and to add into this chaotic element, mm-hmm. is in my head, and this is partially because of the name, I'm thinking of this thing as a cube. 
Mm-hmm. Yes. And just because of the way you said it, there's like you're bringing back one person, you, five pe- five negative people are coming back. Mm-hmm. I'm immediately seeing that as a six sided dice. Yep. That you're now like rolling for this. So it, I'm almost seeing it as a luck aspect, like the chaotic luck nature of it, where this mm-hmm. is a thing that can do the thing you want, but there's also a decent chance that it does something crazy. Yeah. I like that. I think, yeah, I do think a dice is a great form for it. So I think that's what it is. It's a die, a six sided die. Some kind of like six sided die that rolling it, hitting the number that you want allows you to do the thing you want, like kind of for free. Mm-hmm. And rolling the other numbers has like increasingly bad consequences or something. Mm-hmm. And I will say that the, you can only, because we're on the, uh, uh, the continent of you know water and marshes mm-hmm. and everything it can only be rolled into water you don't have to like throw it into the sea you can put mm-hmm. it like throw it into a shallow puddle or like in a sink or something but it can only be rolled into water which as we know <laughs> makes things not roll very well so, <laughs> so right, it's right. very unpredictable of how it's going to go even more unpredictable than a regular dice would be mm-hmm. because it could just float down and like and just land fucking however. Yeah. I like and I it. think you, you can only, it only works if you land on the, on the six. Okay. Because you have to bring back six people. Is there a, is there any kind of noteworthy element of this dice? Like, does it look like a mundane, mundane die? Or like, I'm thinking some like, you know, casinos on their, the one spot they have mm-hmm. like, you know, the casino logo or some kind of thing. Is there any kind of visual designation that this is an interesting die yeah the uh on the six side which is the side you need to get to bring back everybody um the the dots are filled in with uh caked over like blood that are uh that whoever created it like put their own like blood and into the holes to make the color but it won't like wash off when you roll it in water. Don't worry. Uh, and then on the one side, there's the the one is made is an eyeball. Very cool. And then the rest is just regular dots. And, and I am thinking that, like, <laughs> that even if you found this die kind of wherever, if it was just in a casino, if you're just rolling it on a craps table, it's going to act like a normal die because it's not in water. Like it's it doesn't have the activation exactly. element to exactly. it. Exactly. So that that's how like you have to know that you have to put it into the water. You can't just roll it anywhere. So right. it could be it could be hiding in a casino if there are casinos in this world. Oh yeah, there's absolutely <laughs> casinos in this world. Yeah, <laughs> what's a good world without a casino? Without some kind of gambling <laughs> establishment? Hell yeah! And what is the name of this thing? The name? Well, yeah, it's 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 a cube. It's a die. Okay, it's called. <laughs> so we have Melissa. <laughs> we have Melissa, and, it, and it's called Karen, the cube of life and death. <laughs> nightmare true, <laughs> true nightmare cube we have melissa and karen and uh but what was the what was the conch cube uh concubound oh, co- concubound yeah this really just sounds like a bastardization of concubine it does <laughs> it like. concubound karen conch cube bound conch cube bound and uh karen what, what was the, the suffix there <laughs> The Karen, cube the, of life the, and death. The cube of life and death. Okay. <laughs> Karen, the cube of life and death. Fucking, fucking Everyone's Karen. just looking for Melissa and Karen, and they just got to connect them. <laughs> <laughs> Karen, 
Gotta connect them with conch bound. <laughs> <laughs> Truly insane. Is there anything else before we move on to lightning round that you want to add to the kind of lore or the, the aspects of these three uh, treasures? Um, so I think, I think, you know, much with the first one, how you have to like know what you're looking for. I just mm. want to reiterate for the second, for the cube, you also have to know what you're looking for to then be able to throw it into the water. So you won't just like accidentally do it. Um, sure. and then I would say the only I'm trying to think like one thing I actually want to add for uh for the cube the dice for Karen is that there's 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 a there's an unknown element to it that is more chaotic than we could even imagine. Okay. There's an unknown element that is it that is related to the use of it and you know who can use it and how many times that is more chaotic than we think. I like it. So there is some kind of additional element to this thing that is not fully understood or known. Exactly. Yeah. Love. We it. think we know everything about it. We think we know exactly how it works, but I think it will surprise you. Love it. Love a good surprise. <laughs> yeah. I think I feel, I feel good about that. We've got, we've got two very solid items, some mysteries still to be had. The third item's a bit more ephemeral. Oh, and one other thing too. And yeah, then, yeah. so the cube, the dice will also fit into the middle item. So that yes. the, the shell and the cube, uh, the dice lock in and then that creates like the ultimate power. That creates a, a larger thing. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. I feel great. The wheel of world building has been spun. Questions <laughs> have been answered. Uh, we have two segments on the show. One is the wheel of world building. The second is. Oh, I round. <laughs> Uh, this is the segment where we ask a few questions very quickly that we answer fairly slowly. So don't worry. No rush. Okay. <laughs> First question mm-hmm. is uh, kind of to do with these three items. And I know we discussed rumors before, but what is a rumor that is currently going around regarding these three treasures? Uh, the rumor that's like been going around is like, y- you know, you can collect them all, right? Like I can go out and collect the shell and uh, the middle item, the conch cube bound. Uh, and then if I try to find the dice, no, no, like no one so far has successfully been able to collect all three because somehow along the way, the items end up killing them. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So there is like so, a additional kind of like cursed element to this. Yeah, basically. Yeah, they're they're cursed in such a way that you know, some people might think that they're that they can do it, but so far no one has. Maybe there's a chosen one out there. We don't know. Or maybe, we, you know, there's just, there's a, another rule that we're, no one's following because we don't know what it is. But like mm-hmm. rumors have been going around that it's not possible to collect all three of them. I like it. Second question. What is a name of a person in this world and what is the most interesting characteristic or feature about them? Ooh. Because we were doing mythic treasures, we can kind of be very broad with this. You can kind of place this person anywhere in the world, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what's their name and what's the most interesting, noteworthy thing about them? Well, there's a guy named Chet. Mm-hmm. And he has almost nothing interesting about him, um, except for one thing. But Chet, he, he's just a regular dude. 
but he was actually the guy that was contracted to build the conch cube bound, and he's the only person who knows how it works. But on the surface, he's just the most boring brood, like bro dude, asshole guy you'll ever meet. So you'd never really know it was him. Okay, we've got Chad somewhere in the world. (laughs) Um, And our last question is a two part question. At the end of every episode, we ask our current guests to ask a question they have about the world, big or small, for our Mm -hmm. next guest to answer. So last week we had Alex Song Sha on and she had this question for you. So what is a superstition that occurs not just regionally, but across this entire world? And what do they believe will happen if you do the thing you're not supposed to do in the superstition? So I'm thinking, Mm. uh, you know, break a mirror, seven years, bad luck, spill the salt, don't throw it over your shoulder, walk under a ladder. What's a superstition Mm -hmm. in this world? That's a really good question. I love Alex. Um, Great. So let's see. Um, Let me think. Hmm. So every morning when you wake up Mm -hmm. and you get out of bed, you have to put your left foot down first. Ooh, okay. And if you don't, if you don't do that, the superstition is, you know, that you're going to lose your left foot sometime in the next seven years. Oh, wow. Very specific uh, foot related danger. Yeah. (laughs) I love it. It, Is there, and this is just like a bonus question. You may have an answer to this, man. Was (laughs) there a reason that this, this superstition came about? Like, is there a Genesis point? Or is it just one of those things that has like slowly been bastardized and become has become this weird superstition? I I think that uh, the this the genesis point was there is a children's limerick mm-hmm. uh, that kind of like alludes to that, much like step on a crack, you'll break your mother's back, right? Sort of thing. So so people like already kind of had it in their mind, but then at one point in history, there was a series of two different people who had this happened to them and no one quite knows if it was just a coincidence that like they stepped with their left foot one time and then they like accidentally got their foot caught in a train track or something right or if it's if if it's the limerick is right no one really knows my job for the rest of the day is to write a limerick about putting your left foot down (laughs) Uh, it's gonna be very fun so the last part of this question is what is a question you have big or small about the world for our Mm -hmm. next guest to answer Any question, Mm -hmm. the question that's coming to mind for me Mm. is less about like, you know, a a fun thing like superstitions or whatever, but is more like, does anyone know what is at the bottom of the, the waterways in the water continent? Like, you know, I'm thinking it's like Venice. Has anyone seen the actual bottom? And if so, what's down there? I love that. I think that's very, that, yeah, that's great. That's perfect. Yeah, because not to make comparisons, but like when you, as soon as you told me about that, it was reminding me of like the stone men in Game of Thrones and how they live in like sure, the Venice. Sure, yeah. Yeah, and um, I'm interested to know what's there. I mean, it could just be fish or. Right, the answer might be whatever. No. Uh, there the could be Atlantis be yes. down there. We don't know. I would like to know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but our next guest will. 
<laughs> That's great. Uh, before we get out of here, uh, Angela, anything uh, you want to plug? You can tell people where to find you on social media. Anything you want to shout out? Yeah. Um, so you can find me on Instagram at AngePal, A-N-G-P-A-L, or Twitter at Ange.Pal. And you can check out my podcast, You Gotta Have a Podcast. Uh, new episodes come out every Tuesday, and it's everywhere that podcasts are. And that's it. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. <laughs> Once again, ladies and gentlemen, to crib a line from Walter Cronkite, that's the way it is. Load up all that lore. Fire it directly into the Fraction Realms. That is all for this episode of Cannon Fodder. Uh, if you want to see more of Angela, I'll post some of the links to her work in the show notes. Be sure to check out You Gotta Have a Podcast, Season 2, all about the swerve and how sometimes you gotta make a pivot and take your creative life in a whole new direction. And if you want to see all of today's world building put into action, you should check out our parent show, The 20 Sided Podcast, available on all podcasting platforms you can imagine. If you're listening to this show right now, that means you're listening to a podcast. You found it on a podcasting platform, which means you know exactly where to go for The 20 Sided Podcast. Tippity type it into your search bar and you'll find it real easy. All 11 episodes of our first season titled Escape from the RMS Titanfall are available now on all podcasting services you can imagine. So please, please check it out. It's a lot of fun. But for now, thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 <laughs>